You're listening to a Decrypt Deep Dive, where one of our experts tackles a single topic in 10 minutes to help you make sense of the cyber and technology issues impacting business. I'm Steve Sachs, a senior consultant with Control Risks Cyber America's practice. And today I want to talk about last week's release by the Biden administration White House of the National Cybersecurity Strategy. I want to talk about what's included in the strategy, what are some of the key takeaways you should be looking for as you read through the document, as well as how this strategy can actually play a role in inspiring cybersecurity strategies within your organization and your team. In today's post-pandemic world, we're seeing a number of companies who had relied over the past three years on digital transformations and technology adoption to remain both resilient and solvent you know, over the past three years of the pandemic era. This onboarding of new technologies from remote work capabilities to digital supply chains to data collection and storage to cloud-based computing have all led to an increasingly interconnected world, and that's between people, places, things, and information. Now, the interconnectedness of that world sets the stage for potentially much more growth in the industry, but it also opens the door for a greater amount of risk. A nefarious attack against one organization can have cascading effects against another. We have both nation-states cyber criminals, as well as hacktivists that have gained new capabilities and competencies in the cybersecurity space. And so they have new tools that they can leverage to attack organizations, people, and governments. And so given this rising threat landscape, the increasingly connected world, and and the ever chaotic environment of the operational landscape, the Biden administration and the American executive branch came out with a cybersecurity strategy to level set the playing field, establish a baseline for cybersecurity across organizations. Some of the key takeaways that you'll likely have heard about already if you've been reading some of the reaction pieces about the strategy is really taking a look at the United States critical infrastructure sectors. Now, there are 16 of those that have already been established. And what the strategy calls for is really a sector-based approach to cybersecurity policies and strategies because each sector faces a different threat group. Uh, They have different vulnerabilities within their systems and therefore their cybersecurity regulations, their policies and their mandates really should look a little bit different. They should be tailored to those organizations and those institutions. Additionally, the strategy calls out that cybersecurity can be expensive. It costs money to implement security controls and establish a more robust defensive perimeter around your network. The administration is going to work with Congress to find financial incentives for these critical infrastructure sectors to be incentivized to invest in their cybersecurity posture. And that can include rate-making processes, tax structures, really anything that allows these organizations to be more able financially to invest in their cybersecurity programs, raise that baseline across the sector to best ensure the defense of American critical infrastructure. 
Additionally, it talks about the need for increased information sharing, and it calls out really two different groups, but for the same reasons. One is the American Public-Private Industry Partnership. Private industry is ever more connected to public critical infrastructure, and so attacks against private industry have the potential to cascade and impact American critical infrastructure. The sharing of threat information, of vulnerability information, of trends, tactics, procedures of threat groups is ever more important to push out faster and more effectively across the space so that every cog in the machine is able to defend itself most effectively against the most relevant threats in the space. And number two, is to push out information about who these actors are in order to better pursue justice against these cyber criminal groups that are deploying malware, ransomware, conducting business email compromises against these organizations. The second target audience for this information sharing is the international coalition of partners that are already working together in the cyber domain. And that's incredibly crucial because threat actions in other countries around the world may look differently than they do in the United States, but those tactics may transition from one country to another quite easily. And so the lessons learned and best practices across the globe will be relevant to each nation that's a part of that coalition that's working together to defend against and ideally bring to justice these nefarious threat actors in the cyberspace. Another takeaway from the strategy is the shift of risk responsibility within the cyber domain from the end user to software producers and software developers. Essentially, the strategy says that end users are not the best postured or most capable to defend their infrastructure from nefarious cyber actors, and it is unfair to put that burden on them in the current construct. Therefore, risks should be placed more fairly on the software producers and the software developers who have more capability and more capacity to inject more cybersecurity controls and defenses into that software before it ever gets deployed to the end user at all. And then finally, the strategy talks about investing in emerging and disruptive technology, specifically calling out quantum computing as one of the key areas that the United States needs to continue to and increase investment in into the future, which obviously has implications to quantum encryption as well as quantum decryption. And there are a number of articles out there that talk about the culminating moment that is potentially in our future where quantum computing will be able to break current commercial grade encryption and then the race will be on because no data will be sufficiently protected against any actor who has that capability. What I really want to touch on is how this strategy can serve as a framework for organizations who are looking to either refine or develop from scratch their own cybersecurity strategy. And I really am a firm believer that every organization needs to have a cybersecurity strategy that has both buy-in and or sign-off from the highest levels of executive leadership. The most important first step an organization can take is identifying the threat landscape that it faces. And some of the factors that should be included in that analysis are what industry does your organization operate in? What is it that you do? And how publicly do you do it, right? How easy is it for a threat actor to recognize your organization's name or what it is you do? All of those factors and more contribute to the type of threat that your team potentially faces, whether it be a nation state, cyber criminals, activists, understanding who your most likely and potentially most destructive threat actor is, 
can start driving your cybersecurity strategy, none of us have unlimited resources to protect everything everywhere all the time. The next step is identifying what are your critical business assets. Now, in the national cybersecurity strategy, that comes quite easily because the country has already identified those 16 sectors as critical infrastructure for the nation. But for you, your team, your organization, do you know what your critical business assets are? That requires conversations across business functions. Security individuals needing to sit down with business value stream leaders and understanding how their operations fit into the strategic picture and priorities of the company writ large. Here, I'll put a plug in for business impact analyses, which we have a team that does at Control Risk as well, where we, in a structured manner, outline the dependencies between specific tools, capabilities, and software that enable those business operations that keeps the system running within organizations. While the national cybersecurity strategy talks about regulations, I think the tie-in for businesses here is governance. Governance is crucial and should be fed from an organization's cybersecurity strategy. Now, governance encompasses policies, standards, procedures, guidelines, plans, all of which should be driving towards those business priorities that the, the cybersecurity team is enabling through their everyday activities. Harmonization of those policies, ensuring alignment across echelons of plans is important so that if a crisis were to, to kick off and your incident response plan on the cyber side doesn't quite align with your crisis management plan at the executive level, you're going to have a clash at a time when you really need to be effective and efficient in your response processes. We talked about that risk transference in the strategy from the end user to software developers who are better postured and more capable to institute security controls left of deployment to the end user. And so the analogy here for businesses is really identifying risk ownership, recognizing who within your organization is in fact best postured and most capable to defend your critical assets within your institution's network can be a critical step to ensuring you have a holistic approach to a cybersecurity program within your team. Additionally, incentivizing investments in cybersecurity is key, and oftentimes communication between technical experts and business leaders can be one of the unnecessary hurdles that businesses face. And then finally, there's a crucial tie-in as well with the investment in new technologies. New tools and new capabilities are continuing to emerge on the market every day. Understanding what your needs are as an organization, where it fits into your holistic cybersecurity program is a critical step in making sure that money isn't wasted on tools that will be underutilized or under-resourced once deployed in the network. So taking a deliberate approach to which new technologies, which new capabilities, and which new investments your organization and your team are prioritizing over the next year is critical. Thank you very much for your time, and we look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. We have a whole host of episodes coming soon to Decrypt, covering the most crucial topics, breaking news, and strategic horizon scanning within the world of cyber that you need to be aware of. With analysis and discussion from our experts located around the world, subscribe to Control Risks Decrypt as we help you make sense of the cyber and technology issues impacting your business. For more information on how we can help you build a resilient, compliant, and secure organization realizing the benefits of technology, visit us at www.controlrisk.com. And remember, our experts are only ever one email away. 
email us at cyber at controlrisks.com. 